Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I think the people that are affected by inflation the most are the people who stay in the same job forever. Their pay stays the same, but everything else costs a lot more, right? It's just crazy to think about. It's like the hidden cost of inflation. Whenever a company does like a rebrand or like a different label, that is the classic red flag of you need to check their ingredients and you need to check the amount that they're giving you because it's most likely either less quantity or lower quality. Oh, wow. That's a red flag. What are your best tips? on how people can reduce their everyday expenses. Your $5 coffees or your $10 subscriptions, they don't really move the needle as much as you would think so. If you can focus on your three biggest expenses, that's what's really gonna move the needle. That's a really good tip. Do you have any tips for people with dual income and no kids? Cause that's what you specialize in, right? Now is the time to start investing for your future because you have the means to do so. Hey friends, today we have an exciting guest on the podcast. His name is John E. Finance, and you can find him on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. And he has these amazing money hacks and just like a really cool philosophy on finance. So I'm sure you'll get a lot of value out of this episode and really excited to chat with him today. Welcome, John. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you guys. We've known each other for uh, almost two years now, I think. So I'm just really excited to um, have this conversation and uh, provide as much value as I can. Very exciting to have you on, John. Yay, so exciting. Just remember, for everyone listening, that this podcast is general advice only, not personal financial advice, and you can read our full financial services guide in the description. And we would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of our land, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. So, John... We always like to start our podcasts with a bit of an icebreaker. So do you have a money win to share with us? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I talk about money every single day, so I'm, I'm very um, on, on the topic of money. So um, one of my recent money wins was that um, I was tracking my spending with my fiance. So we kind of have joint accounts together now. And we realized that we were going to the grocery store um, to pick up groceries we went to the grocery store like 21 times in the month of October, I believe. And so wow. that was kind of like jarring to me where I was like, wow, every other day we're going to pick something up at the grocery store. And you know, when you're at the grocery store, it's it's never, you never get just what you go there for. It's always something extra. I'll pick up like um, a drink or like a protein bar or something like a snack or something. And so we figured out that because we were going so often, we were just spending too much on groceries. And so that was in October. Luckily, November is shaping up to be much less uh, grocery heavy and we can uh, actually stick to more of our, our plan and our budget. Um, but we wouldn't have known that if we hadn't tracked our spending um, the previous month. So that's just a, a quick win and a quick tip for most people is that if you want to track your spending, um, well, if you want to save some money, you know, start tracking your spending because you'll start to realize how often you're going to the grocery store like us. So. Wow, that is crazy. 21 times. Oh my gosh. Did you realize it was that much like during the month or was it only when you checked your expenses? 
Yeah, not at all. It just seemed like a normal month to me. And then um, after going over our expenses, I was like, oh my gosh, we went so often. And I even went back to some of our texts back and forth. It was like, I was coming home from the gym and she was like, hey, can you pick this up from the grocery store? Or I was like going to a friend's house and like picking something up on the way there. And so it's just like, you don't think about it because it's such a short trip, but um, at least for us, it's a short trip. And so that was like a, a big smack in the face when I saw it counted 21 times going to the grocery store. But um, we're making progress. We're we're going down to, you know, maybe 10 to 12 times a month now. Oh, nice. Well, at least, you know, you know, and like you said, if you didn't track your expenses, like how would you have known? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's a lot. And it's on top of that is like time, you know, 21 times. It's like a lot of time to go and come back. Yeah. What about you, Pablo? What's your money win? My money win is actually like, you know, we've recently moved home and we can charge our car at home now but we did not have a time of use meter. So we were charged the same rate on our electricity bill all along, you know, all the day. So I just called them up and then they're going to install a smart meter for free and we're going to be able to have like a cheaper rate at night. Yeah, because we, we have a Tesla, so we charge our car at home, but we can actually set on the Tesla app when we charge our car. So we can set it during the off-peak hours and it's so much cheaper. So instead of costing us, say, like, for a full charge from like zero to a hundred percent, it will only cost us $10. And actually we don't really need a full charge very often, probably only like once a week, but yeah, it's a pretty big saving, you know, if you extrapolate that over a year. Yeah. Good savings. Yeah. And my money win is that, well, we recently got, I think I've spoken about this on the podcast a lot, uh, but we have a Thermomix, which is basically like this cooking machine and it replaces all these different like attachments and different appliances in your home. And we sold all of our appliances on Facebook Marketplace. So we sold our blender, we sold our food processor, we gave away our hand mixer for free because... I guess it was pretty basic. Didn't really need to sell that. And uh, we actually did keep our rice cooker because it is good to cook rice while the Thermomix is making food. But yeah, I think it's nice because sometimes you forget to sell things when you say like buy something new and you replace something. So I think it's good to always get in that habit. Like once you bring something new into your home, try to get rid of a few things either by selling it, giving giving it away, donating it, frees up space. And we also made some money doing that as well. And uh, we were able to shout our friends coffee on the weekend just with the money that we had from, you know, selling those things. So that was nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's that's super important to try and pare down what you can because like Paige and I recently moved as well and we're trying to like we have two of, of everything it seems like. So it's like trying to get rid of our, our multiple food processors or mixers or things like that. Um, so it's awesome that you guys made some money off of that too. I think uh, that's something that we're, we're looking, looking forward to doing as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely do it. It's like free money, right? So I guess on the topic of living frugally, what are your best tips on how people can reduce their everyday expenses? Yeah, so when people think about trying to reduce their expenses, they often go to the coffees to the Netflixes to try and, you know, reduce their subscriptions. And what I've found is that, you know, your $5 coffees or your $10 subscriptions They can help, but they don't really move the needle as much as you would think so. And oftentimes those small expenses are what gives you joy, you know, the coffee in the morning or your Netflix or subscriptions at night. 
Um, so one of my biggest tips for people trying to reduce their expenses to, is to focus on their three biggest expenses. And that comes down to housing, transportation, and food. Those are traditionally the three biggest expenses that people are spending money on. And when you think about trying to save $5 on coffee, like, like for example, um, I was living in college and, um, I, I could have gotten a studio apartment and it would have cost, you know, maybe $1,200 here in the States. Um, but instead I, I ended up getting uh, two other roommates and, and finding a place with them. And I was able to live for about four or $500 per month rather than $1,200 per month. So if you can live with roommates and reduce your housing costs, that's saving you five, six, $700 per month. And, you know, just saving on coffee isn't going to, you know, add up to that much. You know what I mean? So if you can focus on your three biggest expenses, whether it's housing, whether it's transportation, whether it's food, um, that's what's really going to move the needle. And that's what's going to be able to help you save a lot faster. It's going to help you invest a lot more. And it's not going to reduce your quality of life like those small moans of coffee or Netflix or anything like that. And I'm happy to go into more in-depth ways on how to save on those three biggest expenses. But like I said, just focus on those three biggest expenses and you'll be saving a lot more than um, just a couple of dollars per month. Mm, very true. I love that. Yeah, that's really cool. And John, you actually recently moved house, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's another big thing too. So I, I, I recently moved. Um, so I live with my fiance and uh, we are living in an apartment and we are paying about $1,600. So $1,600 US dollars um, for a, a two bedroom apartment. And we wanted to reduce our housing expenses, obviously, because that's what I, I preach and, and I try to live up to that. So we ended up saving, we saved um, some money and we bought a house. And this house is actually a duplex, and which means it has two units in it. So there's a downstairs unit and an upstairs unit. So my fiance and I, we moved into the downstairs unit and we're renting out the upstairs unit. And the benefit of doing that, it's also called house hacking if you guys haven't heard of it. The benefit of doing that is it reduces your housing expenses significantly, right? We went from paying $1,600 per month, now we pay... I'd say about $800 per month, so pretty much in half. Um, and, and we do that because our mortgage is about um, $2,000 per month, and we're getting around you know $1,100 to $1,200 per month in rent, which means we are paying $800 to live in this bottom unit. So we went from $1,600 to $800 uh, that we're spending on rent, which is crazy to think about. Like Even in the States, $800 for, uh, a, for an apartment or for a place to live is very, very cheap cheap. So now we're saving $800 per month from our previous place and we're building equity in our home as well. So it's kind of just a huge win-win solution um, to to move into a duplex or a triplex and, and house hack your house. Um, I know that's not attainable in every area. I'm sure it's much more difficult in uh, where you guys are living, but um, if you can find ways to live live with roommates or rent out an extra bedroom or rent out an extra unit, that's what's really going to snowball your savings. That's what's really going to um, snowball your investments as well. So that's that's why we made the change. And uh, we're very happy with it. And we can enjoy the uh, smaller things in life from there. Oh, I love that. I love that a lot. And it's also nice because, you know, you're not stressed financially because you've set up your assets in a smart way. You can also be like a good landlord to your tenants as well. Like you don't have to, you know, be so stressed about finances because I think that's a big one as well with people mm -hmm. with, you know, investments. Yeah. 
Yeah, and our, our tenants that we have are, are amazing. They are you know the friendliest people in the world. Um, we're really happy with them. Um, we've never had any issues, and they're actually like more handy than than most people. So you know if there is a, a like a small leak or if there's something wrong, they're like, hey, you know, I'll try and fix it. They they let me know about it, but they try and uh, tackle some of the problems, which which helps us out a lot. So yeah, it's it's definitely a, a huge hack to try and find affordable housing if you can. Um, house hacking is one of the ways living with roommates, um, even living at home. I mean, I, after, after university, I moved home with my parents for one year and I was able to live rent free with them, which was a, a huge blessing to me. Right. And it's like, if you can find ways to live for cheap or live for, you know, lower than the standard, you know, housing cost, I mean, your savings will just snowball, um, very quickly. Oh, very true. I love that. Really good tips. Yeah, great tips. Actually, on the subject of like, you know, living below your means and food. Recently, food, you know, you talked on your Instagram like about food and shrinkflation. So what are some ways to overcome shrinkflation? And maybe you can explain what it is to people listening. Yeah, absolutely. This is a, a pretty pretty hot topic right now, and I've made a few videos on it. But um, so let me start with inflation. Uh, so inflation is obviously the rising costs of um, products and services. We see this all the time, where um, you know a new car ten years ago was you know twenty thousand, and now it's it's thirty thousand, right? But there's a even sneakier way that inflation comes to mostly food products, but it could be any product in general, and it's called shrinkflation. So shrinkflation basically means that they are keeping the price the same because consumers you know, make choices on price. They keep their prices the same, but they actually reduce the quantity that they give you. So the classic example is if you buy a bag of chips, you start noticing there's more air in the bag than there are chips, right? And so that's because they are giving you less chips for the same price, right? So it's just a way that companies can kind of offset the rising costs of foods and services and kind of pass that along to the consumer. So we see the shrinkflation in chips and cookies. And I mean, I made a whole video on, you know, laundry detergent or, or whatever it may be. You're, you're, we are getting less for what we pay for, which is, it's, it's upsetting, but there are ways to kind of combat that. And I think one of the biggest ways to fight shrinkflation or even inflation in general is to stay relevant with your skills. So when I tell people to um, like the best way to fight inflation is to learn more skills and, and become a, a higher income earner. Right. If you can start earning more income, if you can try different side hustles, if you can keep relevant with your skills, you can find higher paying jobs, right? Um, I think the people that are affected by inflation the most are the people who stay in the same job for forever. They don't learn new things. They don't learn new skills. And their their pay stays the same, but everything else costs a lot more, right? So it, the best way to fight inflation or the best way to fight shrinkflation even is to just always be learning something new, always be learning a higher income skill, whether that's sales or management or um, whatever, social media, whatever it might be, always, always, always be learning new things because that's how you're going to differentiate yourself. And that's how you're going to increase your income proportional to this inflation and shrinkflation that we've been seeing. Ooh, I love that one. That's really cool. That's a really good tip. It's so true, isn't it? Like investing in your skills and, you know, even changing jobs because that there is this crazy stat that 
Well, new employees get paid more than existing employees doing the same job, which is crazy. So it's a good way to increase your salary just by switching jobs, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because if you haven't had like a 10% increase, then you're going backwards like mm. compared to last year. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. And another one. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Well, I was just going to add on to Pablo's thing is like most people get that 3% raise every single year um, and it's not really keeping up with inflation. So that's why, you know, you really have to learn new skills and invest in yourself. I'm sure, Queenie, you were alluding to that as well. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I was going to say, John, on the topic of shrinkflation, skimpflation, that's another one as well. Oh my Can you explain <laughs> skimpflation? Pablo doesn't know what it is, but he's going to find out. Oh, this, we're going deep down the rabbit hole and I love it. Um, So yeah, there's (laughs) shrinkflation, which is like the highest level. We've got shrinkflation, right? What I just explained. And then skimpflation is where um, basically companies are skimping on the quality of of their products. So if, if, if shrinkflation is less quantity, skimpflation is less quality. So an example is a salad dressing might be putting more water in their salad dressing rather than like better ingredients, or or they might be using high fructose corn syrup instead of natural ingredients like honey or raw sugar or something like that. So they're skimping on the quality of ingredients. They are using less quality ingredients that cost that are, that are cheaper to them to manufacture and kind of passing that on to you. There was, I, I made a, a few videos on skimpflation as well, which it's just crazy to think about. It's like the hidden cost of, of inflation and, and they get so sneaky with these types of products. So, um, yeah, we see it in, in a lot of pasta sauces too, where, um, instead of using, you know, regular tomatoes, they might use like a tomato paste or they might use that, you know, high fructose corn syrup, these lower quality ingredients that cost the manufacturers less to produce and they can keep the same price without you even knowing. John, yeah, I, Pablo, I see, did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know that, but I see why John is spending all his time at the supermarket uh, last month. He's <laughs> 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 going 21 times to check. The- <laughs> right, right. I'm and then he's comparing it. He, yeah. Did you bring some like old bottles of pasta sauce and you're like mm. <laughs> yes yeah. no there there is one there's a, a specific hot sauce that we saw do this like this is a classic example too where whenever a company does like a rebrand or like a, a different um label or like oh brand new you know new and improved or whatever that is the classic like red flag of you need to check their ingredients and you need to check the amount that they're giving you because it's most likely either less quantity or lower quality. Um, so just keep a lookout for those new and improved packaging. They look like a, like it's pretty much just a marketing scheme at that point. Oh, uh, wow. That's a red flag. A big red flag. Thanks for sharing that with uh, our audience, John. And Queenie, actually, we were buying some ice cream the other day. And Queenie has to be very mindful now that she's pregnant to check if it's pasteurized and things like that. And she was reading the packet of the ice cream and we could not even find milk. Yeah, oh it was gosh. just like, it was it was a packet of Magnums. And I was like, I really want something sweet. I was going to buy like the mini packs. And then, yeah, I was looking at the back of the ingredients and it had all this weird stuff in there that you wouldn't expect. Like there was no cream, there was no milk. It was like the closest thing to milk was this 
reconstituted skim milk and I had to Google like what that actually meant. I think it's like a powdered milk, but it's not even powdered milk. I think it's like a even more processed powdered milk. And I was like, oh God, this is terrible. I never would have known that it didn't have normal things in it. It wasn't like milk, sugar, cocoa, butter, whatever. It was like weird stuff. So processed food, I just like, you know, if you can, try to make things from scratch because it will save you money, but it's also better for your health too. Like we've started making our own ice creams in our Thermomix. I'm sorry, I love the Thermomix I think we need so like much. a sun effect every I'm time sorry. you use. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. It's nice, you know, crazy. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Like Paige and I, <laughs> Paige and I are big uh, health nuts as well. So we always like look at packaging and make sure that, um, I mean, the, the best tip that I can give on that is like if the the less ingredients the better ideally right like you want those like whole natural ingredients you know only a few ingredients in your ice creams or um, cookies or, or or whatever when it starts to become a massive list of of different random ingredients that you can't even pronounce that's definitely a red flag you don't you, you definitely want to avoid um, those those added chemicals that you can't pronounce Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, I know. Crazy, huh? Well, it's good to know. Good for all of us to keep in mind, you know, try to do whole foods. So do you have any tips for people with dual income and no kids? Because that's what you specialize in, right? Yeah, yeah. So recently I've been trying to help people um, and we, we call them dinks, right? So dual income, no kids, dinks, right? It's uh, it's it's a funny phrase, but it's actually it's actually so true. So, um, one thing that I've been kind of focusing on is helping dual income just just track their expenses, merge their finances together. Getting on the same page with your partner is just one of the most important things that you can do, and it's really relevant to me because Paige and I, um, you know, we got engaged last year. And we're we have a wedding coming up next year, and so we're trying to get on the on, you know, both on the same page with our finances, and that's what I'm trying to help others do as well. It's more difficult than you might think. So one thing that kind of helps us is having a, a joint, you know, credit card or a joint debit card, right? So we have our our personal credit cards that we can spend on, you know, certain things that we each individually like. Like if I want to. If I want to go to a concert by myself, I'll I'll buy the concert ticket, you know, on my card. And if Paige wants to go shopping, she's gonna put the stuff on her card. But if we have something for the house, like it's um, paper towels, or we need to car insurance, or, or something that's shared in a shared expense, we put that on the the shared credit card. So that's something that's helped us a lot, and it really helps kind of like organize things. And it doesn't limit us, right? Like I can still go and spend on on concerts or camera equipment or whatever I want to spend on and, and Paige can spend on whatever she wants to spend on. But then we have that joint account for those joint expenses. And it helps because 
we're not like saying, oh, I bought the trash bags last time. You have to buy them this time. You know, it, it really relieves that kind of um, resentment that that some couples have. So that's really what I've been trying to um, focus on in the past like six months. Hmm, I love that. That's really good. That's an easy way to manage your finances. And, you know, instead of having to work out, you know, oh, which ones are shared and who paid for what electricity bill or whatever. Yeah, I also wanted to kind of add add more onto that. So so Dinks, like something that I've been really focusing on too is that Dinks, double income, no kids, right? They have a superpower is what I say. They have a superpower that no one else has because they have two incomes and they're living under one household. So if if Paige and I were to get a, you know, separate apartments and, and live separately, we'd be spending, you know, twice as much as what we're spending right now. So it's like we have twice the income and we have half the expenses, right? It's it's almost like we have a lot more extra money that we can be spending on, on different things. And what usually happens with dual income households is that they have all this extra money and they they spend it on travel or they spend it on vacations or they buy new cars with it because they have the ability to do so. And there's nothing like wrong with that inherently. But what I'm trying to get people to think about is that now is the time to start kind of like investing for your future. Now that you guys have a strong incomes, you guys don't have many expenses, you don't have kids or anything at the moment. Now is the time to start investing for your future because you have the means to do so. And so if you can start saving and investing while you have these strong incomes, you can seriously like set yourself up for early retirement. And that's what I've kind of been preaching the past six months and what I've been working on is like, guys, you have a unbelievable opportunity that most people don't have. You need to take advantage of it. And and here's just one example. I don't want to ramble too much on this, but one example is like, uh, I know a couple that they, they, they make good money and they went on a just a vacation to Italy for for two two weeks. They went on vacation to Italy for two weeks, and they told me they spent like ten thousand dollars on this vacation. I'm like, wow, ten grand. That's that's a lot of money, right? And I'm sure they enjoyed it. It was a, a you know it was an amazing vacation. They made many memories. Um, but Paige and I we went on a two week vacation to Alaska, and that was incredible. But we only spent two thousand dollars because it's it's just much more affordable. Um, we didn't like. We weren't eating super luxurious foods. We weren't staying in like amazing hotels by any means, but it was still an adventure that we'll never forget. So that's like, I don't want to tell dinks that they shouldn't go on vacation because, you know, I go on vacation too, but just do it cost consciously because a $2,000 vacation and a $10,000 vacation is very, very different. And so now Paige and I can invest that difference and, and set ourselves up even further, right? But we're still making the memories. So it's really about what do you value and how can you kind of be cost conscious when doing those things? So yeah, that's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of how I'm trying to frame, frame that, that style. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think we were actually reading a study with Queenie because we're going to have a baby and that, you know, people with no kids have actually similar savings to people with kids. And I guess that's because they're following the path you just mentioned, John, of like just spending this extra money. And that's really good that you are sharing those tips early on so that they don't make those mistakes and realize when they are like 50, oh, we should have saved before, but it's too late kind mm-hmm. of. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. People think that kids will cost more money, which they do, obviously, but people just kind of find a way to spend 
the money that they earn anyway. So it's like, regardless if you have kids or no kids, it's like most people just spend most of their money anyway. It's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to another couple that I'm good friends with and they're, they are very cost conscious. They are setting themselves up. And one thing that they didn't consider going into, um, parenthood they actually recently just had their first child was that they are paying for convenience much more often so they're paying to get their groceries delivered they're paying to get a first class seat so it's like more comfortable for the baby so they're, they're paying for these conveniences that they didn't have to when they didn't have kids and so i think that's like one of the underrated things or, or you don't really realize how much you're willing to pay for convenience when you have a little child that's that's following you around. So um, yeah, now is the time to really you know invest that extra money when you when you don't have kids. But even when you do have kids, if you have a dual income, um, you're still much better off than than most households who are either single or um, are single with one kid. I just think having a dual income is is uh, a huge superpower. Yeah, the Dink Master. John Dink Finance. <laughs> That's, gonna it. Be right. That's it. And I don't know if you guys saw that video. There's there's a bunch of variations of Dinks. So there's Dinks, uh, double income, no kids. There's Dink Wads, double income, no kids with a dog. Um, there's Dink Wops, double income, no kids with a plant, right? So <laughs> there's a bunch of different variations um, that are just amusing to, to see. So yeah, I think uh, I think the Dink lifestyle it's it's very it's very fun, and I'm just trying to educate more people that they are in a privileged position and they should definitely take advantage of it. Mm, yeah, that's very, very true. true. Like you mentioned, John, it's a superpower. And you touched on earlier that you recently got engaged and you're gonna get married. So, do you have any tips to share with people on like either engagement, cheaper engagement ring, or like cheaper wedding, and how you doing that? Yeah, I think when it comes with any couples, right, communication is key. And I know that's kind of like basic, basic advice, but it is so true that um, when, when my fiance and I like I, I knew she was the one and we had talked about marriage and things like that. And we just had the conversation of like, OK, how much do we want to spend on an engagement ring? How much do we want to spend on a wedding? How much do we want to spend on a honeymoon? Because if you don't have those conversations, it's just so easy to overspend, uh, especially on weddings and, and rings and things like that. So I asked Paige, I was like, hey, what, what do you what do you want as a ring? And keep in mind, like, you know, we're willing like we have the position to spend a lot of money on it if we want to. But she was like, no, I think I'd rather spend more money on our honeymoon than our engagement ring. It kind of comes down to what do you value, right? Do you value a large ring, a, a more expensive ring? Do you value a, a destination wedding? Do you value a, a really amazing honeymoon? So just having that conversation with your partner is is the key to everything. And, and you know, I try and be transparent as possible with, with Paige. When I ended up going to find an engagement ring, Paige was perfectly fine with getting a lab-made diamond which is it's a real diamond it's just made in a lab so it's more ethical you know people aren't mining these diamonds um, but they are able to make it at a much cheaper price than a typical mine diamond so i was able to get like a, a 1.2 carat diamond rose or i think it was just yellow gold uh, 14 carat and the total was like it was under four thousand dollars something like that and I looked up the price of an actual mine diamond for that same size and, and same ring, and it would have been like near eleven or twelve thousand dollars. So we were able to save like almost eight thousand dollars on this engagement ring by going lab made instead of like a typical mine diamond. And I'm not saying either one is right or wrong, but 
having that extra $8,000 in our bank account is, is a lot more, uh, we value that a lot more. And now we feel okay to spend on a, a nice honeymoon or a nice wedding for us. So I think when you're getting married is just have the conversation first, be very transparent and truthful with your partner and just figure out what do you guys value at the end of the day? Because everything has a opportunity cost. If we spent $12,000 on a, on a ring, we might not have been able to go on a nice honeymoon. So I think we we'd much rather value the honeymoon and that's kind of how we made that decision. Yeah, that's yeah. really good because I guess like you said from this podcast so far is that really having this conversation, you know, because nothing is right or wrong for everyone, but you need to be on the same page. Uh, that's the, the key in a relationship uh, with someone. Hmm. I like the quote. It's like, um, you can have anything that you want, just not at the same time. So it's like, you know, sometimes you've got to prioritize stuff and, you know, you might have to make some sacrifices there, but you can have anything that you want, but maybe just like not at the one time. Like maybe it's like, yeah, you could have the amazing wedding, but maybe not the incredible five carat diamond <laughs> ring or something, you know, it's, right. uh, yeah, it's interesting. If you guys know, um, Paula Pant, she's, she's popular here in the States. Her kind of slogan is you can afford anything, but not everything, which is basically the same thing. What you were saying, Queenie is like, she has a podcast called afford anything. And so it's like, yeah, it's true. You can afford anything, but you can't afford everything. So it's just making those trade-offs, having that conversation and, and figuring out what you guys value and, and you might align on some things and you might, you know, not align on others. So it's just, just being very transparent. Uh, I'm curious, do you guys have like, like money dates or just money conversations like, do you set up a date like once a week or once a month where you just talk about your finances or is it more of like an ongoing conversation? Like every day you just kind of like, you know, talk about here's what we spent or here's what we want to do. I'm just curious how you guys do it. Um, we do. So we do our budgeting every month and we look at our expenses for like personally, how much we spent the last month and like go through line by line, like what each category was. And we compare it to like the previous months, like what did we spend more on this month compared to previous months? Because we've got like two years worth of data. So it's really interesting. We can really see when we've moved places, like what has changed, what's gone up in price or even from last year, like seeing our grocery prices have actually increased with inflation. But yeah, that's good to keep us mindful and in check. And I guess apart from that, we also, oh, we also look at our business expenses monthly as well, just to make sure that I guess we run our life, our personal lives like a business and we run our business like a business. You know, we want to make sure that we're cancelling things that we're not using, cancelling our subscriptions and making sure that that's all good. But yeah, we always talk about, I guess, our plans for investing and what we want to do in the future. Like we automatically invest every month, which is amazing. Like it just comes out of our bank account and we already know how much we can afford to invest with our you know, average expenses. So yeah, it's quite good. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's the main thing. Like yeah, monthly reviewing our budget and like you, John, one month we saw that we've had so many expenses in groceries and we're like, oh, what's going on? You know, we haven't eaten more than usual, but just because we're not mindful and going supermarket more often as well, like you, and then we're like, okay, we're going to readjust. And then now I think we notice the health, like going to the doctor is getting more expensive because we're going more often for the baby and the checks and all these. So it's interesting to to see. But I guess, yeah, like you and your partner, we try to be on align on like our main values, which are like 
travel. And I think that's where we like to spend uh, our like extra money on. And uh, yeah, actually speaking of travel, John, like you said, you're gonna spend more on your honeymoon, but you have any tips for people uh, to travel like more cheaply? I think you use credit cards, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, we are definitely going to um, utilize our credit cards. Um, and, and just to, I just want to round out your point real quick about um, having that kind of money date. Um, that, that's what I see with the most successful couples um, and, and just in general relationships, having that like monthly review every single month and having that data to back it up. It really helps you make decisions and it helps you get on the same page because if you're not doing that, you're just not going to know where you guys are. You can't plan for your future. You don't have your goals. It just, it just makes everything easier. So, um, it's really good to hear that you guys are, um, having those monthly check-ins and I definitely see you guys going a long, long time doing that. So that's, that's awesome to see. And, and, in regards to travel. Yeah. So Paige and I, we, I've, I've gone back and forth in this a little bit. So I, I used to be like the credit card, like travel hacker or whatever. I try to utilize all these credit cards, get all these points. And I think it works to a degree, but for me, so this is, this is kind of what happened. I started, I learned about credit card points where you can use a credit card or you can sign up for a credit card. You get the bonus points and then you can use those bonus points to you for flights or hotels or, or whatever. But what I found is that I was spending so much time trying to optimize these cards and trying to like get the most bang for my buck. It just, the time I was spending on it just didn't seem worth it to me to really like go all in on this. So right now, Paige and I, we only have three total credit cards right now. I have my personal, Paige has her personal, and then we have a joint. Um, that's excluding anything from our, from the business. But um, in personal, we have three credit cards. And now those do get the sign-up bonuses. When we signed up for those, we got those sign-up bonuses. So we do have, you know, a couple hundred thousand points. And we're going to use that for our honeymoon, definitely. We're going to, we're still trying to figure out where we're going to go. Maybe Aruba or maybe we might go back to Alaska. But we are definitely going to utilize those credit card points. And I think it's a great hack for people who are already going to spend their money and you might as well get some points for it. Obviously, you want to pay off your credit card every single month in full so you never pay interest. But I, I don't really see the value in trying to optimize and travel hack your way um, to get a free flight or a free upgraded first class. If that's what you like doing, if you if it's like kind of a game to you, that's perfectly fine. But for me and Paige, it just like it, it didn't make sense. It was more stressful than anything trying to figure out like what points to use. So so like I said, like we we do use the intro sign up bonuses. We do try and get the most bang for a buck, but we're not like spending all day and all night trying to optimize our points because we we just have better things or we just have other things that we would want to focus on but um yeah we're we're, we're gonna spend uh, um those points on our honeymoon and hopefully you know maybe next year we might open up another credit card if if we want to and might might get some more points but um do, do you guys go into the full travel hacking experience do you guys have like more than five credit cards let's say no we used to like kind of cancel them each year and get the new sign up bonus. But yeah, similar to what you mentioned, it just was a bit of a hassle signing up for new cards, canceling old ones, like redoing all of our subscriptions and setting those up with the different credit cards. Yeah. So now we just have one that we know, like we have two for personal and Amex and a MasterCard. 
And we know that the annual fee is worth it for the benefits that we get because we like basically we get a travel voucher with which offsets the annual fee. Plus we get to earn, we get all the insurances, land passes, and we can earn money for our spending. So yeah, getting one that is actually worth it, not just in the first year, but thereafter, I think is good. Yeah, exactly. I think like you, we realize, you know, our time is more valuable to do other things. And as long as we still earn the points and use those, it's really good. But we don't want to spend our like whole weekend just searching the best credit card. Mm. Plus, I think it's also better for your credit score as well. Like it doesn't really decrease it heaps. But if you keep on cancelling cards and signing up for new ones, like it can be a bit of a red flag to borrowers. Mm -hmm. So something to keep in mind as well. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you enjoy doing it and it's kind of like a game to you to, to hack these points and stuff, by all means, like you should do that, but it just doesn't make sense for, for Paige and I. And, um, it seems like you guys kind of feel the same way that, um, you know, we played the game and we're just not interested in the game anymore. So we, we get the points that we can earn, but we're not going to try to, you know, go crazy on it. Yeah. And it's still like more points than Pablo and I would ever use anyway. Like we've still got so many, even though that we like travel quite often and it's nice to gift them as well. Did you know now you can actually uh, give them away after you die? So it's important to put those in your will as well. Like who wants, who you want to give your points to. I did not know that. I needed to write that down. I had no idea that you could, uh, you could do that. Yeah, I think maybe with some airlines, I know Qantas has just released it, but I'm sure there are some airlines in the US that, that also do that as well. Yeah, because points are money, I guess. you know. It is money, right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast, John. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, so I, I had a really good time talking to you guys. I always love chatting with you. Um, but people can find me at John E. Finance on all socials. That's J-O-H-N-E Finance. Uh, so TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, all that. Yeah, that, that's pretty much where you can find me. And then also, um, if you guys are dinks, double income, no kids, um, definitely check out my uh, dink budgeting template. I, I have that for free. And I'm also uh, running a um, six-week course coming up where I, I help double income households kind of set up their finances, track their spending, track their net worth. Um, I found it very valuable for Paige and I to do it. And I'm just trying to um, help others as well do the same thing. So, So, yeah. We've included some notes below in the show notes so you can check out those links. But yeah, thank you so much, John. It's been so fun chatting with you. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.